Good morning and welcome to another podcast of Iconic Freedom, The Formula. We are talking about setting standards for accountability and responsibility in this journey of personal development. Let each care for self and all will be cared for. Now you have adults going, I was offended, I was offended and I have rights. <laughs> well, so what? Be offended. Nothing happens. <laughs> You're an adult. Grow up. Deal with it. I was offended. I don't care. <laughs> nothing happens when you're offended. There's nothing. I, I went to the comedy show and, and the comedian said something about the Lord and, and I was offended. And when I woke up in the morning, I had leprosy. <laughs> nothing happens. I want to live in democracy, but I never want to be offended again. <laughs> well, you're an idiot. So good morning and welcome to another episode. Uh, that was a really funny clip. I actually saw that this morning and uh, it always reminds me of, uh, there was a, a time I had gone to see Christopher Hitchens and if you're unfamiliar with who Hitchens is, um, I really encourage you to um, Google him and uh, research some of his stuff. He's got a really tremendous uh, speech that he gave uh, I believe it was up in Canada, and I mean, I'm going to do a segment on it at some point because, uh, boy, it is so rich, filled with words that are like, and phrases that are like Christmas to me. It's kind of something I've always really enjoyed, and as I have gone through my own personal development, I have not, I, I don't know if I did this on purpose or it just became a natural byproduct of my own health uh, and well-being over time, but... I've managed to language things around people, situations, just for myself and my writing. Uh, hopefully you find it in these podcasts of being able to language things in such a way that the fewest amount of words can be the most impactful. A friend of mine once said, uh, we worked at a at the Empire State Building together, actually. Uh, shout out to Dan. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that he had said was, you know, people should not confuse a difficult choice with no choice at all. It was such a profound statement. I mean, I have totally incorporated it into my own lexicon, and it has become part of, you know, my own life experiences. And when I've been in situations where that has been applicable, it really does help people to consolidate a lot of words and phrases and thoughts and all kinds of other shenanigans into that one understanding of, oh, I don't have any choices. Oh, I don't know what I could do. My life is so messed up. I can't bring any order to it. You know, and I did this and I did that. It's like, but you should not confuse a difficult choice with no choice at all where people want to victimize themselves, right? And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that that's a big deal for a lot of people is that they do a lot of that uh, victimizing themselves by thinking that they don't have a choice. Well, one of those things in relation to that video about being offended, actually, I thought that guy's take on it was hilarious. It's like, you know, well, so what? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Well, that was Hitchens' thought process, too. And we saw him, my friends and I saw him back in 2006 at the New York Public Library doing a debate with uh, Al Sharpton at the time. 
And what was fascinating was, you know, uh, he had made the comment previously that when people say they're offended, his response is, yes, do you have a point to make? I mean, he wouldn't even acknowledge what the so-called offense was, because what I came to understand from my own observations over time is that people want to use the word offended to shut down your conversation, to shut you down, that I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want you speaking to the reality, or I just don't want you speaking whatever it is that you're saying. Oh, that's offensive. And then suddenly people become, oh, I I, I didn't mean to offend you. It's just like, who cares? I'm with the guy that just made that comment. It's just like, it doesn't mean anything. Who cares if you're offended? So be offended. You know, go off in the corner, pick your nose and do whatever it is you got to do. And then come back into a, you know, lick your wounds and come back into an adult conversation. Nobody cares that you're offended. So I thought, you know, uh, I want to do a series of these uh, where I'm talking about words that feel like Christmas or phrases that feel like Christmas to me, uh, because it feels like I open up these these presents and these packages where people find these ways of saying things uh, in these very articulated um, and consolidated ways that I just think are delicious, actually. It's like a lovely piece of chocolate, right? And you just get to savor it. And what's really nice is if it feels like it's something that you want to adopt into your own lexicon of sorts, then you can. And uh, I think it's kind of fun as you go through your own personal development, how these things happen naturally. We created government as our servant, beholden to us, and possessing no powers except those voluntarily granted to it by us. Now a self-anointed elite in our nation's capital would have us believe we're incapable of guiding our own destiny. They practice government by mystery, telling us it's too complex for our understanding. Believing this, they assume we might panic if we were to be told the truth about our problems. Why should we become frightened? No people who have ever lived on this earth have fought harder, paid a higher price for freedom or done more to advance the dignity of man than the living Americans, the Americans living in this land today. There isn't any problem we can't solve if government will give us the facts, tell us what needs to be done, and then get out of the way and let us have at it. So I don't know how many of you are Ronald Reagan fans. Um, I've always been a Ronald Reagan fan. Not so much for his movies, <laughs> uh, but mainly because I grew up basically in that era. I really, I, in a sense, came of age during that, that era of Reagan when he became president. I remember my parents being very supportive of Ronald Reagan. My dad really liked his approach to things financially. Um, was hoping that he was going to be more, you know, government being more limited because, I mean, as you saw in that clip, that is one of the things that he's really talking about. I remember a statement at one point where something about, you know, people really want freedom and government, you know, needs to get out of the way. And that was one of the things that he spoke about, which I thought was terrific. And again, in, in in a very short clip there, you know, almost a minute, he's able to say to us about how 
that need of control that government wants to have is completely unnecessary. It's, again, it's victimizing us. It's robbing us of our own choices, our own experiences. We can figure it out. It's giving us some sort of uh, idea that we are incapable of managing our own lives. But as you go through your own personal development through your own life, you come to realize that, you know, I gain tools and experience and, and understanding and ways of managing my universe, my world, doing for myself by going through the experience myself, by walking through it myself. I don't need somebody like government and their regulation trying to tell me what it is that I should be doing or that I should be thinking or that I should be feeling or in order for me to be a good person, I have to do X, Y, and Z. That is really asking you, not unlike a parent that would do that, that's really asking you to negate your own internal authority. And, you know, that really is a, a foundation for your life is your own internal authority. You have to do what feels right for you. You have to do what you know is right for you. You have that sense within yourself when you approach situations, I want to turn left instead of right. I want to say yes instead of no. I want want to do or not do. Again, very Yoda, right? What is fascinating is how government wants to take all of that away and they want to become the ones that know all, see all, you know, they become like Sauron, right? <laughs> From Lord of the Rings, it's like it's the eye, you know, constantly watching you and, you know, turning its gaze towards you and, and trying to get you to do whatever it is they want to do. Now, I'm not going to go into self-interest and all the rest of that shenanigans and tomfoolery because I don't know. Uh, sometimes we can decipher it and we can see as things get revealed and unmasked. But just the understanding of when you listen to something like that and you hear the richness of that that understanding and of those words that say your government wants to control you, well then what is freedom for? What was the whole idea of fighting for liberty? What was George Washington doing, you know, crossing the Delaware and fighting for independence? What was the Constitution about and the Declaration of Independence if it's not for individual liberty? If you listen to the podcast last week, we talked a little bit about that, about that the individual is the greatest minority and must be protected when their free speech is speech we don't want to hear, it still must be protected because we make a target for ourselves if we try to shut other people down. No, we want to hear it. We want to hear it all. Say it in every language, in any way you want to say it. I'm not offended by anything, and I want to hear what you have to say. And who's to say what's crude and what's not crude, what's inelegant and what is not? It's not for you or I to say. It's just for us to hear if we want to hear, and if we decide that based on what we hear, we want to take action really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour of every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools and now I've figured it out. I've figured it out because all these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare 
children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself. And we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we are talking about, we are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We are talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal. And what we have been called tonight is what they're claiming that we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, less than 5% of the entire population of so that was another fun clip, I thought. I really liked what she had to say. Uh, the, mainly the first portion of it is what I was sort of drawn to when I was listening to it because it, again, in very few words, it really brought about an entire thought process, an entire comprehension of what we're doing here in education is scholastic. It's not trying to help my kid find himself or figure out his gender or any other number of things, you know, his sexuality and all this other, you know, malarkey that goes on with a lot of education these days, public education. And I do find it interesting that there's quite a bit of elementary private education that is not indulging in this. That That's very fascinating to me. I'd, I'd be interested in approaching that conversation with some people at some point. But what I really liked about what she was saying was school education is about scholastics. It's about teaching kids how to think, not what to think, but how to think, how to decipher information, how to gather information, present yourself with a hypothesis, look to see, you know, what is true, what is not true. Can I replicate it? You know, I mean, all a very, you know, varied type of education in in all of the disciplines that you know you're going to need basically day to day i mean it is kind of interesting to me that i have often heard recently when people have seen me handwrite stuff like wow you have very nice penmanship and i think who is not teaching penmanship <laughs> it's like that i mean you kind of needed that growing up i mean it was a requirement and as I've gone through my life, it's actually been a tool that I've really enjoyed. You know, I, I like to write Christmas cards and birthday cards, and but I can write cards to clients and thank yous. And I mean, it really was just kind of interesting to me that what seems like a very basic thing in education is being ignored. And or it's not, you know, uh, it's not even being ignored. It's not just even being approached. It's no longer considered important. You know, you can type it on the computer uh, or kids don't need to learn their multiplication, division, addition or subtraction because they have a calculator. OK, but what happens when they don't have a calculator around them? You know, oh, well, it's on their phone. It's like, yeah, but don't you want to know how to do those things? I mean, if you want to be an engineer, don't you need to know those kinds of things? I mean, certainly, you know, you'd input that into a system, but wouldn't you want to kind of have an idea of it before? I don't know. I, I mean, you know, it's different for everybody, I suppose. But 
It was fascinating to listen to her talk about how scholastics were very important, that that's what the focus should be, and none of the rest of this ancillary stuff and all this touchy-feely stuff that was going on, apparently, at the beginning of this board meeting. The first time you give somebody something for free, you are creating appreciation. The second time you give somebody something for free, you create anticipation. The third time, expectation. By the fourth time you give somebody something for free, you are creating entitlement. And by the fifth time you give somebody something for free, you have created dependency. If by the sixth time you don't give it to them, you create resentment and hatred. This is not to discourage you from giving. And of course, finally, that last clip um, I thought was uh, rather rich in how it was describing something in terms of you know, giving things away for free to people. Um, I thought it was really kind of cool, actually, in that it described these levels of doing for people. When you think you're doing something for someone, but then you keep doing it, and you're not allowing them the opportunity to be self-reliant and to be independent, and then you keep giving them something, then as it states, at some point it becomes an entitlement, and when you take it away, they become resentful and angry. Well, think about that in terms of, you know, your own household, how you individualize with your children and how you manage that kind of stuff, but also then go to the macro with your country and your government and then the governments around the world, how they have enticed people, they've helped them become addicted to entitlement what is the reason for creating the addiction? Well, when if you're a pusher and you're creating an addiction, it's to keep that person coming back for more and doing what you want them to do, a form of control. And we are at the end of another podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hit that like button if you would. Share this with your friends and family. You never know what they might get out of this. If you'd like to subscribe, feel free to do so. You can do that on the website, link down below. My email is there. So if you have a situation that you'd like me to cover on the podcast, that would be awesome. I'd be happy to do that. Send me an email. 